fans out there that are worried about our well-being. No, because we didn't post last week. <laughs> we got so many messages about it. We were on vacation. We had to take some time for ourselves. Yeah, we have full-time jobs in this and a child. It's a lot. So we went to an emo festival, as you do. Don't call it emo festival. It's not an emo festival. What was it? A punk rock festival. Oh, yes. They happened to have a lot of emo kids from the early 2000s. Elder emos. Yeah. Is the term. I love the t-shirts. Yeah. It was fun. It was really fun. Your first uh, mosh pit. Do you enjoy that? It was a lot. Like, there were a lot of people. I think I saw it was 60,000. Oh, really? Yeah. And I don't know if it's covid it's just been so long since I've been around that many people. So it was a little bit overwhelming, but it was very fun. I loved singing to Avril Lavigne with 60,000 of my closest friends. There were not 60,000 listening to Avril Lavigne. Well, there were a lot. There were not 60,000 listening to The Used either, so. Yeah, and I'm not saying that. <laughs> okay. Fun stuff when we were young. And now we're old. There were some people that they were young a long time ago. <laughs> they were not young when we were young. Yeah. Okay, should we get into today's topic? Yeah. We... No more no more about personal lives. No one cares. <laughs> the three listeners out there, they don't care about us. They're couple, they care about quality content. That's right. Yeah. And we're here to deliver. Yeah, I'm here to crush your childhood dreams. Of being a zoologist. Wow. Yeah, so we felt like the past two episodes were a little bit heavy topics. And so we wanted to do something a little bit lighter. Um, a little bit less political, maybe. I don't... People make everything political these days. Well, yeah, but it's not like, you know, all Republicans believe one way. All Democrats believe one way. We don't say the R and the D word here. Sorry, sorry. I'm just saying it's it's not a topic that the party agrees on as a whole so and we need we need a break on the research too <laughs> sheesh we still researched but this was a little bit lighter oh yeah in the past couple yeah so yeah the topic today is should we stop going to zoos are zoos ethical are they unethical we're here to find out that's right you already know the drill, so we have categories. We will both defend our sides, and we're here to destroy each other and end our marriage. It's the opposite of what we're trying to do. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's the good podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I got confused. So we were randomly assigned topics. I was randomly assigned that zoos are ethical. We should keep supporting them. And JP is arguing that we should not support them. For the first time, I'm going to come forward and talk about my biases. This was the hardest for me to research by far. I love the zoo. Who doesn't love going to the zoo? It's Apparently so a lot of people. Trust me, lots of people. Luca loves the zoo. He loves animals. Yeah, so that, that was difficult, but eye-opening too. Yeah. Okay, let's get going. Okay. So I will start with my first point of why we should continue going to zoos. 
zoos facilitate and promote the conservation of animals. They have actually saved endangered species and they protect wild animals too. Let me tell you how. So I hope it's no surprise to anyone that um, a lot of animals are in danger right now of going extinct. We're actually currently in the midst of the sixth extinction, which is a term coined by Elizabeth Colbert in her Pulitzer Prize winning book of the same name. And How do you say it? Pul- Pulitzer? Pulitzer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Can you say that fast three times? Pulitzer, Pulitzer, Pulitzer. That's impressive. <laughs> anyway, so the five preceding die-offs were all natural events. So like that, what killed off the dinosaurs, exterminating three quarters of all species on the planet, all that kind of stuff. But the current mass extinction is a result of human activities encroaching on wild spaces. So today's zoos and aquariums are uniquely positioned to combat those evolving Completely threats. related but unrelated. I was reading this week that there are actually they're, they're companies out there that are filtering carbon from the air and storing it underground. Yeah. Ever heard about that? Uh-huh. It was mind-blowing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I think it was the biggest ones was in Norway. There's a pilot in the U.S. too, in California, I think. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I was, I, you know, I have to read a lot for my job. And I was reading, reading about energy news this week. And it was mind-blowing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. If that becomes scalable. Yeah. And another one was geothermal um, electricity. Yeah. Have you heard about that? Yeah, Zach Efron told us about it in that documentary. Remember the one he, oh, he the watched one. and he went to Iceland? Yeah, he's constantly shirtless. I didn't remember that, but... He has hair nipples too. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay, moving on from Zach Efron's nipples. Yeah. Okay, so six extinction. Animals under threat. Zoos combat that. So a lot of zoos fund initiatives to breed species and save them from going extinct, preserving the genetic biodiversity in this world. So they take endangered species, breed them in captivity, and then they reintroduce those species into the wild. And there are a couple of really cool examples of this. One of them is the Arabian Oryx, which is a breed of antelope from the Arabian Peninsula. Really pretty. It's like white with a black face. Look it up. Look up a picture. The species was hunted to extinction in the wild nearly 40 years ago. Um, The last wild Arabian oryx was shot and killed in 1972. Can you imagine if you were that person? Like you... What a jerk. Not single-handedly because everyone hunted, but like you killed off a species. Anyway, we'll talk about hunting another time. But there were still some in zoos. So the Phoenix Zoo helped lead the ensuing breeding and reintroduction programs, which ultimately births more than 200 calves from just nine individuals. And now in the wild between Oman and Jordan, there are about 1,000 Arabian oryx living in the wild and it has been removed from the endangered species list. So you got to admit, like without zoos, there would, the Arabian oryx would be gone forever. Yeah. So 
that's that's pretty important and the only problem with that point is that the whole time i was singing in my mind arabia my my brain's an interesting you put your listening ears on jp my brain's a very interesting place we'll press pause and you can listen back to everything i just said yeah so um there are other breeding programs that have saved other species from extinction including the european bison the red wolf and the oregon spotted frog So that right there is a huge point, preserving these endangered species. But also what I thought was really interesting and hadn't thought of before is that zoos are used for bases for observation and research, which can then protect wild animals. So basically they study the animals in captivity on different things. Like for example, animal infection and disease and how it's passed between animals, how to treat it. And so then they can study that with these animals and then go implement what they learned in the wild and again help protect those wild animals interesting all that to say zoos save endangered species and protect wild animals so what do you have to say about that i have to say that no one cares about the spotted frog wow isn't your whole point that you Want to protect the animals? You care about the animals? I don't know. I just felt like I needed to come come out strong, you know? <laughs> okay. Okay, so very interesting stuff. But similarly to your first point, one of the problems with saying that zoos are saving animals is that it deflects some of the, re- the responsibility from the real problem which is deforestation and destroying their natural habitats. Habitats? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the, the, the interesting that things that, that I was researching was, you know, the psychological safety that zoos, zoos create. <laughs> now I'm self-conscious because your mom said that when I say zoos, she thinks of the, the Greek, the Greek, oh, the god. no. The- <laughs> <laughs> that... It, it leads away, like I said, it moves away from the real solution, from the real problem. For example, approximately $231 million annually are spent on conservation projects from zoos. And that comes from uh, comes from AZA, Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Um, but for comparison, in 2018, they spend $4.9 billion on operations and construction. So when we come from, you know, the the lenses, like more from the numbers, they're only spending 7% of the total budget in biodiversity and conservation. So there's a lot of money being spent on expending zoos instead of focusing on moving species around that are really in need of conservation. Okay, but counterpoint for a Mm. second. They have to spend so much money on operations to ensure that they're taking care of the animals as they should. Like they need to build really big, nice enclosures. They have to have a lot of staff to treat them. They have to make sure they have the right diet. All that is very expensive. So, I mean, I don't think... It's a bad thing that they're spending all that money on operations. That means that they're taking really good care of the animals. Yeah, but 
zoos make point make make a point that they are here for the conservation of a species and reintroduction of them to the wildlife. But when you look at that, you know, seven percent of billions of dollars doesn't really reflect on that mission. I agree with you. I think it's very expensive to run a zoo. Like I'd like to know what percent of that is of their net profit. Most of them are nonprofits, right? Sure, but even a nonprofit yeah. has to have a yeah. profit and loss statement. Yeah, I don't know that that number. Maybe you should do your research. <laughs> oh, someone sassy. Okay, okay, I see where you're going. Yeah. So, keep going with the numbers. The AZA says that says that the, the their uh, its members host more than fifty reintroduction programs for species that are listed as threatened or endangered, but the vast majority of zoo animals, and just for um, to give you a picture, there are 800,000 animals of 6,000 species in zoos alone who will spend their whole lives in captivity, either dying of old age after a lifetime of displays or being called at surplus. I'll get into surplus in one of my, my um, next points here. But it's mo basically when the animal is deemed useless or too old, or just they don't want to have the animal anymore, they kill it. The other problem that we have too, and when we're talking about the Arabian, what was it, Arabian? Oryx. Oryx, is that inbreeding problem. So you said they, they had nine um, Arabian, what is it, how to say that? Oryx. Oryx. I want to say orifice. <laughs> not that. <laughs> yeah, not that. It, it, it leads to a lot of genetic defects and health problems on the, the babies and the calves. And also the inbreeding can make animals more aggressive and le less likely to survive in the wild. So it's a huge con for inbreeding the animals in captivity. And here there was a study done um, in the UK in 2008, it's a little old. But they found out that most captive bred carnivores released into the wild do not sur survive the transition, which like clearly raised a question about the efficacy of captivity-based uh, conservation efforts. And the, the study also reviewed 45 carnivore reintroductions worldwide and found out that only 33% survived. And the, the low survival rates were attributed to lacking uh, fear towards humans and crucial hunting skills. But what percentage of animals born in the wild survive to adult blood? I don't ask them. <laughs> That's very, your a, counterpoint. A, a very low percentage. I don't know. I could look it up. But it's safe to say it's not 100. I think 33% is probably pretty normal. So You're full of good points today, huh? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's what my side's saying. <laughs> okay. Go ask them. I'm here to... Sh I'm a, a messenger of their points. No, but but that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't... Honestly, did not think about that at all. Yeah, it would be interesting to look at that. I should try and... Yeah. But inbreeding, it's a huge problem. Like the genetic diversity. Come on. You, you took bio 100 in college. We all know that. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, but so it's like if they're destroyed in the wild, it's the only chance you have to keep them. It's either inbreed or... Yeah, I think to where we've gotten so far, it, it is kind of a, like a necessary 
evil. But again, the psychological safety that Zeus create. Oh, oh, it doesn't matter if the animals go extinct. We have them in captivity, and we can reintroduce them to the wild. That's not true. Sure. Yeah, I I agree with that. We yeah. shouldn't be thinking that way. Yeah. Something else I thought of though too is I know, based on like some documentaries I've seen, that zoos will trade like if another zoo has an arabian oryx then they'll ask to bring in their male so that they're not related yeah so that's one way to get around the inbreeding not saying that happens every time but i know they do try and do that yeah yeah, but with limited number of of you know the calf from that that breeding will probably have to breed again with either its father or cousin or, you know. Yeah. Which also happens in the wild, but. You think animals mate with their cousins and their siblings and their parents? Sheesh. Scare <laughs> facts straight. Gross. Okay, so let's get into the second point that I want to. I feel like I got destroyed on my first point. I, I want to <laughs> read you. No, you didn't. You came up with some great <clears throat> points. I just had some rebuttals. I really like the zoo, okay? <laughs> me too. That's why it's so hard for me to fight against them. So here, let's, let's get into the treatment of animals at zoos, okay? Because from what I found, the vast majority of zoos treat animals very humanely. I think it says something that the ASPCA, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, you know, this... In the arms of an angel. Don't. I'm I'm going to start crying. Yeah. You know the commercials with the, the crying puppies. pit bull. Yeah. Okay. The ASPCA supports the exhibition. Beautifully sang, by the way. Thank you. Um, Any talent agents listening? <laughs> okay. We cannot start on top of full-time job, on top of this, on top of good social. We cannot start your musical career. Fair. Okay. So the ASPCA supports the exhibition of animals in zoos and aquariums, providing that the enclosure meets or exceeds the standards set by the Animal Welfare Act and um, strives to meet the more exacting requirements necessary for accreditation by the American Zoo and Aquarium Association, the AZA that you were also looking at. That was a mouthful of a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a period somewhere. Um. So I think it is important to know that there are rules and regulations around zoos um, set by this Animal Welfare Act. And so highly trained USDA inspectors located throughout the United States conduct routine unannounced inspections of all facilities licensed or registered under the AWA to assess um, these facilities and ensure that they're in compliance. There's other associations like American Humane who do even kind of like an extra seal on top of that, that they exceed a science-based set of criteria evaluated by independent auditors. What's interesting to know is SeaWorld is American Humane certified, okay? Which poor free Willie. I know there's a lot of controversy around that, but these are people who literally, I mean, they're animal rights organizations and they go in and inspect these zoos and aquariums and certify them how do they ask the animals i'm just saying yeah maybe they communicate with their eyes sounds Um, made up so i thought it was interesting i know you looked at this too but someone sent in an, an opinion letter to the new york times talking about how bad zoos are and how no one should go to zoos and then a bunch of people wrote in 
as like a rebuttal saying that this person was wrong. And so it was just interesting reading through those. I wanted to call out one of them here. This person said, I've specialized in zoo and aquarium marketing as a consultant for 20 years, working directly with animal keepers and their animals to produce commercials that feature everything from sharks to lemurs. I've never met more dedicated people in my life. They care for the animals as a parent would care for a child. And there were a lot of those just talking about how the vast majority of zoos are, they're full of people who love animals, care for animals and want to give them a great life. So are there bad actors out there? Yes, definitely. I think what we need to do is like, don't support those roadside random pop-up zoos, right? But Or watch Tiger King. Yeah. 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 That, that, that should have hit you right in the heart. (laughs) Um, but if you're going to, you know, like the San Antonio zoo, it's going to be certified by this association. It's keeping all of the regulations of the animal welfare act. And if you go to their website, they have the stamp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can make sure before you go to the zoo that they are certified. So I, I just, there's a lot of sentiment out there that animals are mistreated but there's very strict rules they have to follow and the people who work at zoos love animals and want to make sure they follow those rules yeah and i, I don't i never doubted the motives from the zookeepers i think if you become a zookeeper one you don't become a zookeeper for the money like it's not known for i think i looked i think the average pay for a zookeeper is like thirty thousand dollars i mean if you if you're zookeeper making $250,000 good for you teach me because I would love to f- follow your steps <laughs> but I think the, the the everything I was reading it's it's more about the design and like holding the animals in captivity that raised a lot of you know questioning from from pub from the public so for example many animals that are held in captivity they start to form abnormal symptoms that are referred to zoocosis. I don't know if you read anything about that. But that's a neurotic and atypical behavior that is um, a consequence of, of boredom, depression, frustration, lack of mental and physical enrichment, and remove, remove them from the natural habitat and social structures. So one of the examples is when he goes to the tiger and they're walking, they're pacing back and forth that zoo cozies that like that animal is not healthy and is probably uh, suffering from this uh, one of those neurotic behaviors um one so signs of zoocosis and you, you can you can see that if, if you're going through the zoo um, include bar biting uh, uh consuming and playing with excrement okay monkeys do that in the wild they they do yeah but I doubt they eat it. I mean, Murray does. Murray eats his <laughs> poop. So he's depressed? Probably. So we're horrible dog owners. Um, continuing. Um, self-mutilation, circling, rocking, swaying, pacing, rolling, twisting. Can you move your phone, please? Sorry. Where was I? Nodding off the neck or hat, vomiting, freaking frequent licking, and excessive grooming. So all of those things are caused by zoocosis and i thought that was a very interesting um kind of quote 
Here's a simple way to think about it. If you saw a child pacing back and forth endlessly or pulling out his hair, starving herself or rocking back and forth as if in trance, it would be an indication that something may be wrong. So it is with animals. So I thought that that was that was a good way to make it closer to home. So in order to prevent that, many zoos use Prozac and other psychoactive drugs on at least some of their animals to deal with the mental effects of captivity. So here are a few, uh, few examples. The LA Zoo has used uh, Silaxa, or in, which is an antidepressant, to control aggression in their chimps. One of its chimps. One of its chimps, yeah. Gus, a polar bear at the Central Park Zoo, was given Prozac as part of an attempt to stop him from swinging endless figure eight laps in his tiny pool that breaks my heart because i love bears and every time i go to the zoo i see a freaking bear a polar bear hugging an ice cube that makes me want to cry anyway that's my soapbox soapbox the toledo zoo has do, uh, dosed zebras and wild uh, wildebeest with antipsychotic haloperidol to keep them calm and has put an orangutan on prozac a female gorilla named Johari kept fighting off the male she was placed with. Um, the zoo dosed her with Prozac until she allowed him to mate with her. That is animal rape. I'm just saying it. In the year 2000, um, there was a survey done in Canadian zoos um, that found that nearly half of respondents were given their gorillas Haldol, Valium, or another psychopharmaceutical drug. That's crazy. Okay, that is sad. Yeah. Um, I'm just hitting with facts right now. So another type of abuse is to make an animal do some sort of performance, right? So 75% of the World Association of Zoos and Aquariums um, are considered to abuse the animals because they allow some sort of attraction to be performed with animals. So here are the facts. Around 30, 33% of Waza partner facilities allow visitors to walk or swim with the animals. 30% of aquariums and zoos make animals perform in front of people. And here is a crazy thing. Zoos started profiting, well, they said that were weird, profiting from animals' paintings. So <laughs> I, went, I went down this rabbit hole it's been a while since I've done this research, but I remember going this rabbit hole of looking up uh, paintings from animals, and they are expensive. So the prices, they, they vary. So, for example, there are paintings by cheetahs, penguins, and other species from the St. Louis uh, Zoo that go up uh, go for up to $100 each. The Houston Zoo animal paintings command $250 each. So paintings... <laughs> by brush-wielding seals at the Virginia Aquarium, for example, generated $15,000 in less than two years from gift shop sales in 2007. So, forcing animals to paint is considered some uh, animal abuse. But why is that abuse? Like, what? Because they're performing out of their natural um, instincts, and some sometimes they are making movements that are not natural to themselves. Okay. I'm not saying that all animals, I'm just saying that it is considered a type of animal abuse. By who? 
by people, you know, people out there that are because, fighting zoos. Like PETA, th- this is from, from PETA. Okay. So PETA says it's abuse. Yeah. But all like the Association of Zoos and Aquariums and the USDA and all of these other organizations that certify say it's not abuse or else these zoos wouldn't be certified. I don't know about paintings, but allow people to walk with animals and pat them and swim with them. It is considered abuse because it, it makes them stressed. Okay. Yeah. The painting one is from PETA. I was reading about that. I went down this rabbit hole, like I said. I thought was interesting, but that was their argument. Uh, continuing, 23% of them let visitors hand feed at the animals. And this is was the saddest one. It involves bears, so I have to, but it's all there. Polar bears have a million times less space in zoos than they would have in the wild. That is crazy. But polar bears are dying in the wild because their ice is melting. Yeah, so the... In the zoo, their ice at least is always there. It's never melting. Right. But so the the thing we're doing, just keeping them in captive with one million times less space than in the wild. Just think about that. If, if we reduce your space by a million, you kind of probably live in the corner or in the closet. Do you want to live in the closet? You don't wow. want to live in the closet. Do you want to be Harry Potter? Do you think Sometimes. Harry Potter was happy? Wow. Isn't arm people make fun of millennials because we like Harry Potter? Yeah. Yeah. So, sue me. And now, uh, my last point is the surplus animals. They're often killed, even if they're healthy. So, here's some statistics. According to the, uh, the, the In Defense of Animals, up to 5,000 zoo animals are killed each year, only in Europe. And what is more worrisome is that the European Association of Zoos and Aquariums recommends killing animals in some situations, even if they're perfectly healthy. And how is that different than a hunting license, like controlling the number of animals that can be hunted in the wild? Yeah, you shouldn't allow them to do that either. Okay. I'm not like against zoo and pro hunting. But... Last one is, according to research conducted by Bristol University, more than three-quarters of British zoos failed to meet all the minimal animal welfare standards. Well, good thing we're America. Three-quarters. Go USA. Well, that is hurtful. (laughs) Anyway, that was a lot of facts, people. You're welcome for destroying your zoo-loving life. Yeah, I think the one that got me was the medication. That yeah, that's sad. Giving them antidepressants. That seems like it should be illegal. Yeah, I read a lot about um, um, elephants too. I thought my I mine was very long, but like elephants, they're very smart, and similarly to the polar bears, their habitat is very much constrained, and they suffer from so many mental diseases. It's very sad. Like, they heat their heads on the trees, on each other, and, like, they just go crazy in captivity. Hmm. After reading this, I think, like, the big animals, I don't think every zoo should be allowed to have big animals. Just because of that. Yeah, but going back to my points, like, all of these people want to take care of the animals. They don't want to be harming them. So if they saw these bad behaviors... They give them medicine medication or they kill them 
okay, but here's the thing. Like even in the wild, they're going to be animals that have behavioral issues. So if it's just like a certain animal that they're doing that to save their life, like an, another animal maybe would kill them. No one really knows how the animals are feeling. So it's hard to Fair. say what is abuse and what well, is not because PETA is not there with the animals, but you have all the people who work in zoo, all the zookeepers being like, the animals are super happy. Like we take great care of them. They're living their best life. Yeah. And they're the ones who are like side by side with the animals. Yeah. But when you look at the facts, if you can tell the animal would probably not behave that way in the wild, for example, a tiger not likely to be pacing back and forth or a gorilla swimming laps endlessly. Like that's not natural behavior that was amplified by captivity. And what percentage of animals have those behaviors? I don't know. I didn't see any, see any like heart number from that. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a way to kind of, for example, we go to the Waco Zoo, and you see elephants there. And then we, we went to the Animal Kingdom. Like, when you see elephants in the Waco Zoo, and you see elephants in Animal Kingdom, you compare their habitat. is like night and day, size-wise. Animal Kingdom being more? Yeah. Yeah. That's just for just for like comparison that I, I can think of. I don't know. I just But there's also not very many there's like two elephants at the Waco Zoo. Yeah. Two elephants in the in the kind of small habitat. Just think or for example, wildebeests. They're the the longest um what is the word I'm looking for? When they no idea. My, migration, the longest migration in the world. And you get a wildebeest and you put in a small habitat. But how do you know they want to do that migration? Maybe they're like, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to do that. Stupid. That's an excellent point. That's just the thing. It's like we don't, yeah, you can, like maybe some behaviors you can observe and think, yeah. yeah, something's not right. But it's hard to know how they're feeling. Yeah. The last point um, I think it's an important one that zoos educate the public and foster an appreciation connection for animals. So there's actually been a lot of research on this, um, understanding the effect that zoos have on people that go to them and how they feel about animals and, con on, and con conservation. So here's a quote from one of the studies I read. It says, Zool Zoos are tools for thinking. Our research provides strong support for the value of zoos in connecting people with animals and with nature. Zoos provide a critical voice for conversation and environmental protection. They afford an opportunity for people from all backgrounds to encounter a range of animals, from drone bees to springbok or salmon, to better understand the natural world we live in. And um, a lot of people who wrote into that New York Times article also said similar things that like if people weren't able to observe these creatures up close, 
one, a lot more people would be driven to travel to wild areas to seek them out and disturb them or even hunt them down. Um, you know, the more exotic something becomes, the more you want to go see it. And so some, not everyone, but some people, if they couldn't see them in zoos, might actually go to their natural habitat to disturb them. Or just if they we didn't have zoos, they wouldn't care about those animals. Like something about seeing them up close, seeing how beautiful and majestic they are makes you want to conserve all of those animals that are out in the wild. It's just like going to a museum, right? Museums are important so that we understand our history and we understand other cultures, other things that are going on. We It's important to have museums so that you can appreciate those things and zoos perform that same kind of function and so without zoos you know we may not have any people caring about conservation at all like a big fundraiser for conservation is zoos just like you have those little things right by the exhibits right where you can donate Mm -hmm. and obviously the ticket sales a part of that goes there too so um without them we could really damage the animals in the wild even more. Yeah. So I found very interesting data points suggesting that zoos are mainly for a fun outing with friends and family. And it's doing very little to create the mass sense of belonging and being part of this earth and understand the animals. So in a 2011 study... Uh, researchers quizzed visitors at the Cleveland Bronx Prospect Park and Central Park zoos about their level of environmental concern and what they thought about the animals. Those who report a sense of connection to the animals at the zoo also correlated posit- posit- positively with the general environmental concern. On the other hand, the researchers reported there were no significant differences in survey responses before entering an exhibit compared to those obtained, obtained as visitors were exiting. But was it their first time at a zoo? Um, like, I don't here's know. my problem with that study. Uh, yeah, if I go to the Waco Zoo now, like I already feel a certain way about mm-hmm. animals and conservation. Okay. Going there, it one more time because I've been to the zoo a million times in my life mm-hmm. is probably not going to change that. So I think it's more about if if those were people who go to the zoo regularly. Mm-hmm just studying how they feel before and after, yeah, probably wouldn't make much of a difference. You would need to study them over their lifetime, maybe like the first time they went to the zoo, the first 10 times, to yeah. really get a sense good point. of how zoos affect people over their lifetime. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's a multi-million dollar survey. Probably no one's, no one's <laughs> going to do that. They should have hired me as a consultant. Um, in another, st- another, another study, it was found that uh, while 42% said they, the main purpose of the zoo was to teach visitors about animals and conservation, 66% said their primary reason for going was to have an outing with friends and family, and just 12% said their intention was to learn about animals. Another research, um, they found that only 27% of people bothered to read the signs of the exhibits. More than 66,000 comments made by the visitors were recorded, nearly half of which were purely descriptive statements that asserted the fact about the exhibit or the animal. And the researchers uh, wrote, 
In all the statements collected, no one volunteered information that would lead us to believe that they had an intention to advocate for protection of the animal or an intention to change their own behavior. All in all, people don't go to the zoos to learn about the biodiversity crisis or, or how they can help. They go to get out of the house, uh, to gather children some fresh air, to see interesting animals. Um, so they go for the same reason people went to the zoos in the 19th century, to be entertained. Yeah, I, mean, I can see that point. I mean, even me, like, I probably would say, I, yeah, it's an outing for the family yeah, to go to the Lucas zoo. Yeah, Lucas bored, let's go to the zoo. But that doesn't mean that I'm not learning. And I don't get, like, they're saying, oh, the statements were just descriptive. Like, oh, that's a beautiful animal. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's descriptive, but that's still creating an appreciation. Just because my yeah. statement wasn't, wow, all of a sudden, I now care more about the environment. Like, yeah, I'm probably not going to say that. So I think it's it's hard. It is a difficult um, thing to study. And obviously, there's opposing opinions because the research studies I read said they did have a positive influence. Yeah. So I think that just goes to show how you measure it. Makes how to tell your story. Yeah. I do think um, after like kind of researching about zoos being unethical it did kind of open my eyes to like things about size of the exhibit or the mental health of an animal and even like what zoos can do to kind of increase the the sense of belonging on planet earth you know like coexisting with beautiful creatures and I kind of agree with you. I think, you know, for me when I was, you know, th thinking about my own experience with uh, the zoo, um, like like you, I went to the zoo the first time when I was a kid, so I didn't remember the impressions I had when the first time I went, but I remember the first time we went to the Waco Zoo and I saw an orangutan. That was the first time I've ever seen the animal and like seeing the, the, the sheer size of the creature, it was like mind-blowing to me. So, yeah, I do think that even if zoos are just an outing or get out of the house, they do create the sense of amazement for the creatures. But, you know, it, it made me a little more aware of, you know, should you have an elephant here? Probably not. You don't have enough land for, for this animal. Should you have a rhino here? I don't know. I'm not an expert, but this looks very like a small habitat. So there are a few things that, you know, made me start thinking about after reading this. And one interesting point that I found is that right now they're creating this new type of experience. They call it virtual zoos and they're using virtual reality to um, because one of the things is when you see the animal in captivity, the animal is not behaving like it would in nature. Like it's probably stressed, depressed, or bored, or to have enough, you know, land to do their, their thing. So when you see the animal, it's mostly you're seeing a the zoo version of the animal. So what those virtual zoos are doing is it's creating this four-dimensional experience where it can smell where they where they are, um, like the humidity in the air. And with the VR goggles, you can watch the animal from like many angles and actually 
see how the animal behaves in nature. I thought that was fascinating. I really want to go to one of those. Um, but that's what they were saying. They, the, they think the, the future of zoos is they become sanctuaries for animals instead of attractions. And they'll have, you know, this kind of virtual experience where you can actually see the animals in nature, how they behave and all of that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Because even when you go to the zoo, you can't always see the animals. Like yeah. They might not be out or they're sleeping. And so a virtual experience, you could, you know, show whatever you want. As long as it was very lifelike. Yeah. Because, and to people out there, we went to Africa to um, for a to work with a nonprofit a few years ago. And we had a chance to do a safari. And it's it's now going to the zoo is very kind of underwhelming you know we drove through a herd of elephants we saw like lion hunt in real life so you see now like you go when you go to the zoo you see the animals just laying there like yeah not the same thing i agree fascinating topic i learned a lot thank you you made some good points you too you made some really good rebuttals. Okay, so we're jumping back into the political topics next week um, to talk about... You're welcome for your break. <laughs> to talk about affirmative action. We thought this one was very timely because the Supreme Court is taking up a case on this topic this term. And so um, there's a potential that the way that higher education is doing it now could change based on their ruling. And so I think it would be good for all of us to explore affirmative action, its pros and cons yep. ahead of that decision. Let's do it. Okay. Let me get my virtual coin flip. So heads is for yeah. tails is against always. And then I'm doing it for me, whatever. Wait, we have to write that down because we're going to forget when it comes next week. So heads for, yeah, tails against. Tails against, and then you you play for your for you now. Yeah, okay. Heads. So you're four. I'm four. I'm against. You're against. Okay. Oh man, it's <laughs> gonna be a long week of research. Get ready. What was that? I don't know. Felt like our house was falling apart. Okay. All right. Great discussion today. Hope you enjoyed. You know, follow your heart. Go to the zoo. Don't go to the zoo. Let the universe guide your decisions. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah. Give us a rating. It helps other people find the podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Download the good social app. And be happy. share your thoughts on the app. Yeah. Be happy. Be a good citizen. Be nice to your colleagues. And have a great week. Yeah, that's right. Bye.